Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Hi, welcome back to the cottage as we continue our series on Jesus walking on the sea. In this message, we explore in Mark 6 how Jesus describes himself. Oh, let's pray. Father, we do thank you and we do praise you that you sent Jesus. Help us to understand the Word made flesh so that we can have Jesus in our lives more and more until we can give Jesus to others who are in need. Help us understand more about who you are and what you're trying to speak to us through your holy word. Speak, Father. We thank you and praise you. By your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're continuing. We've been in Mark chapter 6, and now we're going to look at something in verse 50. Uh, we're, we're exploring in our latest series, Jesus is Walking on the water. And so I want to check this out. It says, For they all saw him and were troubled. <clears throat> and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. We're trying to unpack a lot of things going on in here, but this morning we want to just look at this phrase, It is I. It is I. This is actually uh, tee off. Again, I've been trying to teach you that about 250 years before Jesus came, they translated the Old Testament, which you call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, into Greek because that was the language of the day. And so it was the largest translation product of its time in the antiquity. No one's ever translated a work that big into another language. There was no need. But because of what was going on and because people wanted to understand Judaism, they wanted to understand Yahweh, and because Jews were losing their ability to do Hebrew, they translated into the language of the day, the common language. And when you look at the New Testament that's also in Greek and then compare it to the Greek of the Old, you can make comparisons. And so they would be using this Bible. As a matter of fact, Jesus grew up obviously in Nazareth. So in Nazareth, it, we have uh, an understanding that they probably would have used the Greek text. So people would be familiar. So when you hear these words, like that song that, uh, what was it, 114? We don't know. The words are beautiful, but we don't know them. But those songs that we do know, they resonate with us. And this phrase resonates with the Jews. In the King James we have here, it is I, the title of this message. But it points back to what God says 
to Moses at the burning bush. And I keep going back. I keep taking you from Jesus walking in the water back to Moses and the burning bush because there's all these connections to be made. So let's go back there in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. When the Lord saw that he, Moses, turned aside to see, we discussed that previously. And again, those messages are available online. God called unto him, Moses, out of the midst of the bush and, and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here, I, here am I. Now this is a similar phrase. So we got Moses is letting God know, I'm here. So this is similar. And then in verse 5, it goes on. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereupon thou standest is holy ground. And they still do that in Asia today. As a matter of fact, my brother has started that in our house because I mentioned that. He had a, my nephew got sick recently, a series of sicknesses. And I told him that in, in where we're from over there in Asia, they don't bring shoes in the house at all because it brings in so much. But people don't wear shoes in church or temples or any holy sites in Asia. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to, to, to wear them inside because it's holy ground. So it's still practiced today in the East. A lot of things that come out of the Bible are still practiced today. Let's go to verse 11, 311. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? So Moses begins to question things. He's questioning God. Okay? And so this is building up. So if we were to take time in Exodus 3 to go through this whole story, I'm just hitting the highlights. That Moses says, well, who am I? Why are you calling me? Maybe you and I are feeling that. And I want you to grab a hold of that for what we're going to be doing for this Sunday morning message. This idea, who am I? That you want me to go down there. What, what is the big deal? Verse 12. He said, certainly I, God says, I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. You all, ye all, talking about Moses and all the people, shall serve God upon this mountain. He says, I'm going to bring you back to this place. I'm going to bring you back here. And I keep telling you, what's the first sign of the burning bush? Exodus 3.12. That's the first sign that God says. But what's he packaged that with? The Emmanuel theology that we talked about so much during Christmas. Certainly, I will be with you. I'm going with you, Moses. It doesn't matter who you are. Why? What matters? Verse 14. What matters, Moses? Verse 14. The God, because Moses asked, well, then who are you? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So Moses complains, says, when I go down there and tell them God sent me. Now there's so many gods. There's so many gods. So I show up and say, God sent me. They're going, to go, which God are you talking about? What's your name? And this is, in the Greek, the same thing that Jesus says. I am. Don't be afraid, I am. But Moses is fearful. <laughs> and he doesn't want to go down to Egypt. But he takes, and we have transliterated that, and uh, I'm sorry, but the King James gets it wrong. It's not Jehovah. It can't grammatically be three syllables. Jehovah. That's three syllables. Syllables. Three. You can't have three syllables. It's improper Hebrew. But they did the best they could. 
But it's still improper Hebrew to translate this into Jehovah. It's Yahweh. It's only two syllables. And we're not even sure of that pronunciation because they didn't use vowel points. As a matter of fact, they added the vowels to the text after the New Testament period. After the New Testament period. Because they realized that people were losing the ability to read the text. Because Hebrew didn't initially use vowels. They just feared you understood them. They only had the consonants. So we don't exactly know how to pronounce it. The closest suggestion that we have is Yahweh. But it's definitely not Jehovah. So whenever Jehovah Witnesses come to your door, <laughs> they don't even have his name right. And their whole religion is based on Jehovah being the name. And they don't even have it right. So they have already started out with a Hebrew fallacy because they don't know Hebrew. Right off the bat. But what Jesus is doing is, as we talked about last week, we talked about on Sunday night, the passing, the passing lane, the passing by. Why is he passing? Tying it back to the Passover. But here Jesus is actually telling them the reason why they don't need to be afraid is because I am with you. Invoking God's name. This, according to all scholars, this passage in chapter 6, verse 50, this passage right here, is the definitive place where Jesus takes, invokes the divine name and says, I am Yahweh. This is it. Now, in John, he's got a bunch of I am statements. I am. And in the Bible, you're probably familiar. In the old times when they used Jehovah, they would talk about Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah this, Jehovah that. Talking about God is salvation. God is healer. God is, yeah. But Jehovah's not right. It'd be Yahweh. But it's this I am. And in Mark 6.50, you have the strongest place where Jesus invokes the divine name, claiming he is Yahweh. And they would have understood it because he's using the exact Greek in Exodus 3.14 right there and telling them, you're afraid because you're mistaken of who it is. And you're not sure. Peter's asking, if it's you, Jesus, he's not sure who it is that has come. And they're veteran fishermen. And yet they're scared because they don't understand who it is that has come to them. And Jesus makes it clear. Notice, I'm going to go back again. It's, it is I. Invoke, he could have said, I'm Jesus. He, hey, it's Jesus, your teacher, it's your rabbi. He didn't say that. He invokes the divine name. Letting them know that this is not just a guy who walks on dry ground. This is not the guy who just makes a pathway through the sea. This is the guy who actually can walk on the sea. And nobody else does that. Nobody else does that. Nobody else in all the ancient literature that they would have understood walks on water. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen The Adventures of Remo Williams. Has anybody ever seen that old, I don't think it's an 80s movie? And in that movie, the guy runs across water. There are, in the ancient world, depictions of people running across the water. But they, they don't have, in the Greco-Roman, none, nothing that the disciples or the people reading Mark of that day would have, would have encountered 
had anything about anybody walking on water. Nothing. It's entirely unique. But he is letting them know who he is. He's invoking the divine name. Right here from Exodus 3.14, he's quoting that in exact Greek to let you know who he is so they don't need to be afraid. This name is used all over the Bible. Isaiah 41.4 Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning. I the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. Now, L-O-R-D in capital letters is Yahweh, is the divine name. But then he follows it up with, I am he. Jesus is invoking this. This is what they're remembering. There's all these gods out there, but there's no one like our God. Because our God is the top. He's the most high. There's all these spirits. There's all these things the nations worship. There's all this stuff out there. But there's only one like ours. There's lots of gods, but there's no one like Yahweh. He is entirely unique. And he is what it means to be. I am. I am. He's a great I am. Going on to Isaiah 43.10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe and understand that I am he. You need to understand I'm Yahweh. I am. God always is. There's not a time when God was not. There's not a time when God won't be. Now, we often talk about eternal life or eternal whatever. There's only one who is thing that's eternal. And that's God. That's it. Because only one thing in all of your understanding God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's the only eternal thing you can apply that word to. Using the word eternal is not good. It should be everlasting, that's fine. You're not eternal. You didn't exist from the beginning. Only God is eternal. Meaning that He's always been and He always will be. You and I get to carry on with everlasting life. But we're not eternal. Because we have a beginning. He has no beginning. He has no end. He just always is. He's I am all the time. He has no past. He has no future because he always is. And I need you to understand that. And that's the name that Jesus is invoking for them in this terrible situation they're in. Before me, verse 10. Isaiah 43.10. Before me there was no God formed. Nothing was before me. No other God was before me. Before me. No, there's nothing. Neither shall there be after me. I'm totally unique. Yea, verse 13. Isaiah 43.13. Yea, before the day was, I am he. Before you even had a day. Before time, I am. I am. He's just saying I am. We had the heat is trying to help English out. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who shall let it? Who shall undo what I do? No one can. No one can. Let's skip down to verse 25. We're in Isaiah 43 now. Verse 25. I, even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions 
for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. This is the name that Jesus is invoking from Exodus 3, 14, that Isaiah 43 is diving into. And when your Bibles have capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, they're making sure you understand they're using this same phrase, I am. I am. You don't need to be afraid. I am is here. I'm me. Isaiah 46, 4 now. We're still in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4. And even to your old age, I am. I'm before you. I'm after you. I'm eternal. And even to whore hairs will I carry you. Will I carry you. The gray hairs. King James uses whore hairs. It's, it's talking about your gray hair. Silver white hair. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. I am. Throughout your entire life. Before you. I'm already making plans. And after you. I'm still doing. I am. You have a beginning. You have a physical end. And you will carry on. But I am. Now let's go to Isaiah 48, 12. Hearken unto me, O Jacob, and Israel my called. I am he. I am the first. I'm also the last. When everything is over with, I am. From the beginning to the end, I'm outside of time. You can't comprehend me because I just always am. He's always on. He has no off button. He never sleeps. The other gods they have to sleep. The other gods eat. The other gods do this. The other he doesn't. Isaiah fifty one twelve. Isaiah fifty one twelve. I even I am he that comforteth you. Who art thou? And thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die, and the son of man which shall be made as grass. So all humans die, and all their children die. Why are you afraid of them? They die. How many people thought Hitler was the Antichrist? How about Osama bin Laden? How many people thought Saddam Hussein? Where are they now? They're no longer in the news. They're not eternal. And we could go back and back and back and back throughout history. No one. No one. Mark 6.50 For they all saw him and were troubled and immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. God has God's answered your prayers. <laughs> Maybe I guess they were praying. I don't know what Matthew was doing. He probably wasn't crunching his numbers. <laughs> he wasn't writing the Gospel of Matthew at that time. He's probably clinging to that boat thinking he's going to die. Just I am here. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. In Hebrews chapter 12, the author is sharing with us a powerful metaphor where he talks to us now as believers. We have not come to the mountain that Moses came to. The mountain that could be touched, but it's very touchy if you did so. You could die. 
that burned with fire, nor into blackness, darkness, and tempest. They were so scared. They were scared of that mountain, Mount Sinai. Now remember, where did we start this morning? At the burning bush. Where Moses says, I got, I'm, I'll, here I am, I'll check it out. And what was the first sign? Okay, come on, verse 12. What was the first sign? I already told you that he gave in Exodus 3.12. What was the first sign? One more time. What did he say to Moses? The first sign. They won't talk, will they? You can't talk? Do are women not allowed to talk or something in church? What's going on here? I'm going to bring you back to this mountain. And you all are going to worship. Why do I bring that up? Because it's important. Why? Guess what? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 21 tells us something that we didn't know. This Sinai was so intense with Yahweh that even Moses said, I'm exceedingly fearing quick. I'm scared. Moses is scared. The disciples are scared. Moses is scared. That's an encounter with I am. When even the prophet is so utterly shaken and scared. Remember James says in 2.19, James 2.19, even the demons believe in the one God that's above all other gods and they tremble. Moses is even afraid. Did you know that? That Moses was afraid? They didn't show that with Charlton Heston, right? They didn't show that. They didn't put a porta potty for him to go because he, you know, lost control and had to go in the bathroom real quick because he got so scared. They didn't show that, did they? Even Moses is afraid. The disciples are afraid. Get this picture that they're painting in Hebrews 12. Verse 22 to 24 now. But you're not going to that mountain, Mount Sinai. You're going to Mount Zion. Now the King James used a letter S. And we since have switched over to Z. But you've come to Mount Zion. Not Sinai, Zion. And unto the city of the living God. He's a living God. Why? Because all life comes from him, as I've been trying to teach you. The heavenly Jerusalem. Not the Jerusalem down here. Where they're wanting to build that temple. Where's Barbet? <laughs> She's going to give me the update on the heifers. No, no, no. You haven't come to that one. You've come to Sion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, Revelation 4 and 5, myriads and myriads and myriads around the throne. To the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. What do he say in Luke 10? Do not get excited because you cast out some demons and healed the sick. Possibly raised the dead. I don't know what all they did. Do not be excited that you have power over Satan and all those other gods. But that your names are written in heaven. 
What have you come to? You've come to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of just men made perfect. They're being made perfect. You and I were being made perfect. And you've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than even that of Abel. That mountain, Moses was afraid to touch. They weren't allowed to go near that place for three days. You haven't come to that. Don't be afraid. I'm right here. Reach out and touch someone. AT&T, right? Don't be afraid. This is what God calls us to. Back to Exodus 3, 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Even at the burning bush, God, Moses was afraid. Maybe you didn't realize that either. The disciples are afraid. Moses is afraid at Sinai. But before, he's afraid back in Exodus 3, 6 at the burning bush. It's a frightful thing. Jonathan Edwards, to be in the midst or the hands of the living God. It's a very frightful thing. And he said, certainly I be with thee. Verse 12, this is Exodus 3, 12. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people of Egypt. Out of Egypt you shall serve God on this mountain. There it is. Because you guys... You need to get this burned in there so when I ask you, no, Exodus 3.12. You know that. Moses was scared in verse 6. When they come back, Moses is exceedingly scared because God's presence had come down. Exodus 20, verse 18 to 19. In Exodus 19, they come to Sinai. They come to Sinai in Exodus 19. What happened? This is just what we described in Hebrews 12. And all the people were in Exodus 20, verse 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. They're afraid. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Fear not! Same thing Jesus said. Fear not! For God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that you sin not. And the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. They were afraid. They hired their first pastor. We don't want to hear from God. You go talk to God. You go talk to Him. Do talk to Him for us. And then hired the first pastor. Now, Moses will go for 40 days and 40 nights, and the Jews even believe in their other writings that he went on up into heaven itself. Didn't need to eat because he's in heaven. He's with God, who's the source of all life. He doesn't need food from, he doesn't need water. He doesn't need anything because he's with God. He comes down, and what are they doing? They're sinning. They're around the golden calf. So, what prevents us from sinning? By being in the presence of God. 
being in the presence of God. Back to Hebrews 12, verse 28 and 29. Wherefore we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. The whole mountain was on fire. And the fire is a cleansing fire. Just like gold is refined in the fire, it's a fire that purges everything in our lives that needs to be burned off. And there's a lot of things that we like. <laughs> you go see your doctor. What does your doctor say? You need to quit this. You need to quit that. <laughs> right? Things that we really don't need that need to be burned off of our lives and taken out of our lives because they're only harming us. And the presence of God is holy fire. Deuteronomy 32, 39. See now that I, even I am he. There it is again. And there is no God with me. There's other gods, but they're not with me. They're below me. I'm the most high. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. There's no God on par with me. Didn't say there's no other gods. Never says that. Never says that. Matthew 14, verse 28. We have this idea. In Matthew's account, we've been in Mark. We did John 6. We did Mark 6. Now let's switch to Matthew 14, where Matthew tells the story of Jesus walking on water. And in verse 28, and Peter said unto him, Lord, if it be thou... Bid me come to thee on the water. Now, we're going to dive into this for our morning message. So I'm going to go into this a little bit deeper. But I just want to give you a little bit here. Before we do it, I'm always setting up Sunday morning message with Sunday school. I want to go to the ESV because you may not understand the word bid. ESV has it. And Peter answers, Lord, if it is you, command me. To come to you on the water. In other words, if you command it because you are God, then it can happen. Not only is Jesus walking on water, but Jesus has the power to cause other people to walk on water. And I've often said this, and I'll say it again in the morning message. I've been told my whole life there's only one man that walked on water. Wrong answer. I don't know which Bible you're reading. There were two. There were two. There were two that walked on water. If you command. In other words, you have all power. You have all authority. You have everything. Because you are that one that there's no one that stands with you. Unless you command it. If you command it. I can stand with you. He commanded them. Remember? He commanded them to get in the boat. Remember we talked about that. And the King James is constrained. He constrained his disciples. Get in the boat and go to the other side. He commanded it. They didn't understand who was commanding. They thought he was rabbi. Moses like, I don't know who you are at the burning bush. Who do I tell them 
is doing this. They're like, you're a rabbi. Well, maybe you're the Messiah. I'm those things, but I'm a little bit higher. Matter of fact, I'm very much higher. Just like Moses was revealed God's name at the burning bush, the disciples get revealed Jesus telling them that I am he that was at the burning bush. My mentor has made connections between when Moses begins to speak at the burning bush to Jesus directly as the son. Just looking at the grammar. Jesus is speaking to Moses in the burning bush. I am. And if you command it, it can be done. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful, wonderful word that you always are. Sometimes we are, sometimes we are not. <laughs> On, off, here, there, a little, there, a little. Sometimes we we're able to do, sometimes we're not. We're here as a vapor, we're like the grass. Here today and gone tomorrow. There's so many people not here today. Some have already gone on. Some have yet to come. And some, for whatever reason, they're not here. We miss them and we wish they would be here. For whatever reason, they're not here. But you are always here. This is your house. And you have commanded for us to enter by the blood of Jesus. Thank you. For the miracles you do in our lives. That you invite us to participate at your command. Help us to participate in all that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's d-k-e-n dot c-c. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.